Your partner is not depressed because you are not a good enough wife. Your partner is not depressed because you are not enough. Your partner is depressed because of whatever past pains that are not healed, because of whatever he is currently struggling with, and is is not, hear me ladies when I say this, it is not for you to take on and take over. This is for a professional to go ahead and help and support him along the way. Hey girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Okay, so today we are talking about supporting your partner who is currently struggling with a mental illness. A good amount of us, as women, we struggle with being able to being able to take care of ourselves. And when we know our partner is struggling with a mental illness, we will go above and beyond to help them. Sometimes we will even compromise ourselves. We will compromise our own needs to look after our partner. And so in today's episode, I'm definitely going to be covering how to be a supportive partner. So first things first, It is very important to understand the diagnosis. It is huge to understand the diagnosis. And the reason why it's important to understand the diagnosis is because if you're struggling, if your partner is struggling with depression, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be as easy for you to go ahead and help them. Here's why. You're going to see that they struggle with getting out of bed. You're going to see that they struggle with setting goals. You're also going to see that they struggle with enjoying life. And most of us as women, we tend to personalize this as if we're not enough, as if we're not doing enough. And so we'll go ahead and take it and we'll do everything we can to fulfill our partner's needs. Only to be met with some level of disappointment. And here's why. Your partner is not depressed because you are not a good enough wife. Your partner is not depressed because you are not enough. Your partner is depressed because of whatever past pains that are not healed, because of whatever he is currently struggling with, and is is not, hear me ladies when I say this, it is not for you to take on and take over. This is for a professional to go ahead and help and support him along the way and join him in his journey. Understanding the diagnosis so that we do not personalize what's happening. And so if we know that somebody's struggling with depression, struggles with feeling motivated, they struggle with 
day-to-day activities, they struggle with accomplishing goals, and really experiencing enjoyment, then what we'll do is we'll go ahead and support them and we'll develop this understanding that right now, life itself is just too much. And they might not be on the end, you know, towards having suicidal thoughts, but they might. They might have passive suicidal thoughts. And again, this is why it's so important to understand the diagnosis. And I'm going to tell you right now, your partner might not be open to sharing everything with you after they've met with their therapist. They might not be open to, you know, going over what their therapist is recommending. Therapy is very, very private. And I'm going to tell you right now, with the right therapist, therapists can also be extremely challenging and exhausting. With the right therapist, you might see that your partner is being challenged. You might see that the minute he comes home, he is completely exhausted and just wants to go to sleep and doesn't want to talk. So we want to go ahead and develop some insight, you know, and ask a question. And that question, we don't want to flood them with questions, but we might want to ask them, you know, did you get a diagnosis? And if you did get a diagnosis, what was it? Are you open? Do you feel comfortable with sharing this with me? And then they'll go ahead and let you know. So understanding the diagnosis, again, is going to be our first step. A good amount of us will go straight to WebMD to get an idea of what this is. I want you to refrain from doing that because I'm going to tell you right now, if I go on WebMD and I look up bipolar, I'm sure on some days, yeah, I probably meet the criteria. You know, um, if I look up anxiety, Yeah, I might meet those qualifications as well. So it is very, very important that you go to a site that is extremely informative and will provide you with the education that you need. So the second step after you understand the diagnosis is to go ahead and get help. And you can get help through this website called NAMI. National Alliance on Mental Illness. You could find that site by going to NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org. And there you will find so much education, so much resources. And that is a trusted site, more so than the others. So you will need support during this time. You will need so much support because, again, We want to refrain from personalizing this. So I'm going to give you a little story. Um, Willie, Willie's my husband. We've been married for 22 going on 23 years. And as you guys know, he is a retired Marine. And I remember when he um, came back from Afghanistan. I remember when he came back from Afghanistan, I was already practicing as a therapist. And I had worked with several, you know, uh, Marines in a hospital setting, a partial hospitalization program. And so when he came back home, I noticed that he was struggling with PTSD. PTSD is the abbreviation for post-traumatic stress disorder. And I wanted to quickly run to his aid, especially because 
hello, I was a therapist. And I noticed he pushed me away. And he didn't want to talk about certain things. And I remember thinking, what the hell? Like, if anybody's going to help you, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to provide you with the best resources, hell yeah, it's going to be me. Why won't you listen to me? Why won't you let me help you? Why are you pushing me away? And I remember getting into arguments with him because I was literally personalizing what was going on. What, am I not enough? Do you not trust me? What I didn't realize I was doing was not only was I personalizing this, but I was also making the situation so much worse because I was constantly reminding my husband that something was wrong with him. That was not my intent. That was not my intent at all. My intent was to help. Why the hell are you pushing me away? Why won't you accept it? What I didn't realize was he wasn't ready to accept it. He was still processing this diagnosis. He was still processing what was happening to him. He needed time. Another thing that I did not know or did not realize I was doing was I was allowing fear. I was allowing fear and my emotions to get in the way from me truly supporting my partner. And because of that, that caused and drove disconnection. My husband withdrew and avoided, and I became very angry and frustrated. We were both on two separate sides of the spectrum, him not knowing what to do, me not knowing what to do. And it wasn't until I started to pull back from wanting to be his caretaker to taking the role of his wife. Don't get me wrong. It hurt so much to see my husband in this state. It hurt so much to see my husband struggling. I knew he was struggling. I could see it. And there was not a damn thing I could do to take it away from him. And even even more important than that, it was important that I didn't take it away from him. It was important that I allowed this to be his process, his path. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't giving up on him. And I think that's, you know what, if I'm being completely honest, I think that's what I was afraid of. I think I was afraid that I he would think that I didn't care. I, I think I was afraid that if I just stayed quiet and if I didn't encourage him to go to group therapy or professional therapy, that he would take it as if I didn't care. And of course I cared. But the reality was my husband wasn't ready to go. He wasn't. He wasn't ready to go to group therapy. He wasn't able to go to personal. He wasn't, he was able, but he wasn't ready to go seek personal therapy. He wasn't ready to make this real. Although the diagnosis was there, it wasn't necessarily real for him. What I didn't take into consideration was how it impacted him. I was so stuck on finding a resolution. I was so stru- I was so stuck on being this problem solver that I failed and I say that I failed to allow my husband to process this himself. And so your first step, understand the diagnosis. Second step, I want you to be a part of some group. NAMI is a great resource. I want you to educate yourself. 
I want you to go ahead and have support through this time because you're going to need it too. When we see our partners struggling, we see them struggling. We try to take it away. We try to take all of that pain away. And when we can't, it hurts like hell because it feels like, it feels like our partners, it's almost as if they're handcuffed or tied to this railroad track and we see the train coming and we want to immediately rip off that rope and just save them. But we can't. We got to watch this happen and we have to trust that our partner will go ahead and free themselves from this. And I'm going to tell you right now, as a clinician, therapy will not work. Hear me when I say this, ladies, I am talking to you. Therapy will not work unless your partner is ready. Therapy will not work. We will be sitting here doing nothing, right? And that's not what we want. And I'm going to tell you right now, me as a therapist, if your partner is not ready, I'm not taking him on as a client. I won't. I refuse. I ask my first session, I'll ask, what brings you in? And if they say my wife, okay, what are your thoughts about being here? Well, you know, I guess, well, are you willing to do the work? If their answer is no, and I've had it. I've had it before where a a male client said, you know what? No, I'm not ready. Okay, then I'm going to respect that. And it's important I respect it. And I understand your wife wants therapy for you. But in therapy, I am going to challenge you. In therapy, I am going to help you see things that maybe either you're not ready, you don't want to see, but I'm going to help you along the way. I'm going to be, I'm going to be serving. My purpose is going to be to serve you as a guide. And I will not work harder than you. And the minute I say that, most of the time, about 99.9% of the time, men will say I'm ready. However, there has been a time when a man said, no, I'm not ready. And it was okay. I respected it. And I gave him some tools and I gave him some resources on what to do next. I'm going to tell you what, he was ready a month later. And he was able to see therapy all the way through. When I asked him what brought him back, he had said the fact that I had respected that he wasn't ready. I had respected what he said. And when he found he was, he was more than ready to do the work. And it was amazing. He's seen therapy all the way through. We even terminated therapy. And he is very successful now. So, mamas, you are definitely going to want to have support because watching your partner struggle, it is hard. I speak from personal experience. Um, Luckily for me, I had the support of my colleagues. They weren't my therapists. They were there as my colleagues. They were there as my friends. And because they're also therapists... They were also able to challenge me. They were also able to guide me. And they were also able to redirect me whenever I needed it. Because I'm going to tell you what, there were some times where it's like, oh my God, it's happening right now. It's just happening. And he refuses. And it's like, "Uh uh-uh, Veronica, this is his journey. Allow it to be his journey. And I'm so, so thankful for them. When your partner is struggling with mental illness, I have seen it where the women fall with and it ends up going from one person drowning to two. And so this is why I'm stressing on the importance of finding support. 
Another thing that I'm definitely going to mention is I want you to have a better understanding of what therapy looks like and why it's important. What are the benefits of therapy? So what does therapy look like? How do I find a therapist? How do I help my partner find a therapist? This is going to be key. You can go on psychologytoday.com. And the minute you go on psychologytoday.com, I'm actually going to do it right now so we can do this together. But once you go on psychologytoday.com, you're going to see it says find a therapist. The minute that you're on that site, go ahead and enter your city or your zip code. And then you can also, so once you've entered your city or your zip code, let me go ahead and do this right now while I'm on here so I can give you guys exact step-by-steps. Once you're on here, so I'm hitting my zip code 92590. Once you're on here, you'll see a bunch of pictures of therapists. You'll see me too. Hey. Um, If you just so happen to enter something in Temecula, California, but you'll see a therapist. Then there'll be different filters, issues, insurance, gender, types of therapy, age, price, more. So you want to go ahead and have an idea of what your partner's struggling with. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're making the appointment for him, it better be because he's crazy busy and he's asked you to. But honestly, I would prefer that he set up the appointment for himself. So you're going to want to go to types of therapy. The minute you're on types of therapy, you're going to see that these are different things. You have cognitive behavioral therapy, trauma-focused therapy, family marital, mindfulness. These are all different therapeutic approaches. And so you're going to want to click on the therapeutic approach that you feel sounds good for what your partner is struggling with. So I'm going to tell you right now, if your partner is struggling with depression and anxiety, you're going to want a a therapist that is well-versed in cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy. If your partner is struggling with trauma, trauma as a child, trauma as an adult, watching somebody being victimized, he was victimized, he was in war, you're going to want to look at something along the lines of EMDR, all right? The next key one, this one's the biggest one is the issues. Identifying what issue they are currently struggling with. Is it addiction, ADHD, anger management, anxiety, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, depression, eating disorder, relationship issues? So these are all filters that you can use to find the therapist that best suits your need. Okay, there's also on here an insurance one. So I'm just going to be honest here. And ah. Whew, I'm back and forth about being honest, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyway. Most therapists that specialize and are skilled and are well sought after do not take insurance. They don't. Um, here's why. The re- and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be honest. I don't take insurance. And the reason why I don't take insurance is because I have a very, very high referral rate. Um, I have a high success rate. And so because I have a high referral rate and a high success rate, I do not take insurance. Um, My referrals are based off of people, people who have already worked with me. Um, And so, and that doesn't go for everybody. There are some really good clinicians that do take insurance, but you want to make sure you interview them. You want to make sure you have a discussion with them, you know, or your partner has a discussion with them. 
And I'm not going to cover all of the steps to find a good therapist, but I will say that it is very, very important that you find a therapist that you know will challenge you, won't be your friend, and will go ahead and provide you with skills to support you throughout your journey. Those are very, very key. If you feel like you don't relate with them or you feel like they... you don't understand them or even trust them. Uh uh-uh, uh, bye. If you feel like all of a sudden you guys are like homies, psh, bye. Nope, 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 nope. That's not therapy. We are there to help you step outside of your comfort zone. That's why I called my private practice outside the norm counseling because we do not do band aids. We are there to go ahead and challenge our clients along their journey and help them step outside of their comfort zone so that they can live the life they want to live. So that's where we want to go. We definitely want to go ahead and find a, a therapist in our area that will best suit our needs. The passion is so low these days that I feel parenthood and other commitments are taking control. I want to feel like it's me he wants to spend time with. Yeah, I've said those exact words a hundred times to my friends after realizing that the man I said I do to wasn't the same person. Or was I just imagining it? But here's what I finally realized that changed things for me almost overnight. I started to use four simple and effective steps that changed our communication and connection for the better. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, I got excited and started showing my clients and they too were seeing changes instantly. Whether you've been married for one year or 15, these tips work and I can't wait to share them with you. Girl, I got you. I want to personally invite you to my live two-hour online workshop. This is for moms who have said, the empty promises just aggravate me so much. He says he will do something or take care of something. Then he doesn't. Communication has always been a weak point for us. He says things without thinking. I try to logically work through things and he reacts emotionally. I try to say what I feel in a constructive manner. He takes it personally and attacks me. Boundaries are a confusing topic for me because I am a helper. I have this innate need to help anyone I can. So if this is you and you are ready to get off this hamster wheel, then allow me to guide you through this four-step process. I can't wait to meet you personally. So again, this is a two-hour live workshop. And for whatever reason, if you cannot attend, girl, I got you. This will be recorded, which means you will have lifetime access. This is for women only. If you are ready to go from roommates to lovers, then let's go ahead and step outside of our comfort zones together. Allow me to guide you. If you're ready, what I'd like you to do is go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Again, that is empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Get ready, mama, because we are about to do some work. So now that you have been able to go ahead and understand the diagnosis, right? Join a support group such as NAMI. Find a therapist. I also want you to go ahead and get into the habit of listening to understand. Listening to understand without judgment, without any form of criticism, And if you find yourself getting frustrated with your partner about what he's struggling with, it is important you take a time out. It is very important you take a time out. 
I get it. Watching your loved ones in pain is not easy. This is why seeking support is number two. It's number two, even before finding a therapist. It is number two because I'm going to tell you right now, it is very difficult to do this on your own. And if you are seeking support, make sure it is somebody who you feel validated around. Make sure it's somebody who you trust and you can open up to and you don't feel like they're going to judge you. You don't feel like they're going to criticize you. You don't feel like as if they're like have some little like microscope on you, paying attention to every single move you make and then criticizing every single move you make. Being a good listener involves support, involves understanding from their perspective. You might see them push back especially if they're in therapy. I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody's struggling with depression, they're going to be, and and if it's been like, let's say they've been struggling with depression for about a year or more. Yeah. They're going to be in therapy for at least a minimum of six to eight months, if not more. And the reason why, and this is going to be, this is going to be weekly. And the reason why is because We have to make sure we find out what that root cause is. What is that core issue? And how can we, how can we help you? Another thing we're going to do is how is that core issue from your past showing up in your current relationships? What's happening? That anxiety that you're experiencing where you're fully overwhelmed and you can't seem to think clearly. You stay up at night because You think of all of the things you have yet to do and all of the things you haven't done, right? You think about all of the possibilities of what's to come or you struggle with the self-esteem. You feel like you're not enough. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, somewhere along the lines, somebody told you you were not enough or somebody showed you you weren't enough and then you began to believe it. We have to uncover what that is. And how you may have recreated your childhood. That is therapy. I'm helping you develop an understanding of how you have recreated your childhood. How maybe those same bullies, your mom, your dad, telling you you're not enough. Is that your wife? Do you see that in your wife? Do you see that in your work colleague? Are you establishing the same patterns that you had as a kid? Is that showing up as an adult? What repat, what patterns are you, are you repeating? My goal is to help you understand that although they might have served some purpose when you are, were a kid, what's happening today is you are allowing that young boy, that young child to go ahead and drive the wheel, drive the wheel to life, or he's behind that wheel and drive that car to life. And now he has taken over and he is living life, he or she is living life based off of emotions, based off of past unhealed wounds. So our job as a therapist is to help you see this and see it from a different perspective. Your partner is not the enemy. They're there to support you. You are not setting healthy boundaries because you are afraid or you lack, you lack confidence, right? And so we are here and we serve as a guide. And this is why it's so important to listen to understand your partner if they are going through therapy or if they are struggling. And the same goes for you, creating this safe, non-judgmental environment where you guys are both able to have a healthy conversation without 
each person personalizing it. Which leads me to my next step, which is practicing self-care. <sighs> practicing self-care is so hard because we think if, you know, we take a bath, that's practicing self-care. Uh, not necessarily. Practicing self-care involves you truly being able to identify that right now I am overwhelmed. Right now I can't do anymore and I need to take a break. And although my partner is struggling, so am I. And I need to do something so that I can reset. In order for you to have a healthy relationship, it is important. It is crucial. Hear me when I say this. It is crucial that you are your best version of yourself for you first. You got to be the best version of yourself for you first. Because by you showing up as the best version of you, you will then provide that best version of you to your partner and your kids. And that's what we want. We want to go ahead and provide our best version of ourselves to our family. But we have to have it for ourselves. And by doing that, by practicing self-care, by being able to identify, wait a minute, it's too much for me. I'm too overwhelmed. I can't hear all of this right now. I need a break. I need to go to my support partner. I need to go to a support group. Whatever that is. By you being able to identify that and care and nurture that, I'm going to tell you right now, you are going to be one of the best supporters for your partner if they're struggling with mental illness. Another thing that I find with people that struggle with mental illness and that are in relationships is they don't want to be 100% honest with their partner because they're afraid of being vulnerable. A mental illness is not something that can break a marriage. That is a myth. However, it can definitely attribute to a failed marriage if both partners are not, are not in line with understanding each other. Because what happens is the relationship starts to build criticism. It starts to build some form of contempt where one person thinks they're better than the other. I've even seen it where a partner, um, I've even seen it where a husband was using his wife's depression against him. I've seen that several times in several of my clients. And it wasn't, you know, you guys hear that and it's like, are you kidding me? His wife's depressed and she's, he's using it against him. Well, before you position that man as the enemy, I want you to think about it. For him, he doesn't know how to help his wife and he was struggling and he wanted to fix her. But by fixing her, what he didn't know what he was doing was he was positioning himself at a higher level than her. And so it was poor her, she needs help. Versus my partner is struggling, but so am I because I don't know what to do next. And we finally got to a point where the partner, where the husband was able to go out and say out loud, I don't know what to do and I want to help, but I have no idea how to. And I'm going to tell you that was music to that wife's ears because she finally was able to see her partner as her husband, not as this enemy that was constantly criticizing her. And so I want you guys to think about how is mental illness showing up in your relationship? What is your partner struggling with? What are you struggling with? And I want you to be very open and honest. What are you currently struggling with? And how is that impacting you? Are you yourself struggling with a mental illness, but pretending as if everything's okay? 
I'm going to tell you right now, the body never forgets. Write that down. If you're busy, if your kids started talking to you and you became distracted, come back to me. Hear me when I say this. The body never forgets. So if you are struggling with anxiety, it is very important you allow yourself time to reset. If you find that you're worrying more days than not, it is very important you get help. If you find yourself in a Target bathroom crying and feeling like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, mama, those are signs that you need help. If you find yourself so overwhelmed and irritated daily, yeah, I'm speaking to you too. If you find yourself struggling with getting out of bed, you've lost interest in hobbies, your mind is constantly, constantly worrying, and you feel like you're a prisoner to your own brain because it won't stop thinking, it won't stop worrying, then yes, I'm speaking to you. It is time. What I find when working with most couples is there is usually one or both couples that are struggling with a mental illness. They'll both be struggling with depression or one will be struggling with depression and anxiety and the other struggling with depression. I even find that with some couples, there's addiction. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're drinking more, if you're drinking a, let's say if you're drinking a bottle of wine a night, or more than about two drinks a night, yeah, it's a problem. It is. And it's happening often. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. We need to seek professional help. I can understand that there is a stigma. There is. Let's just be honest. Let's just put it out there. There is a stigma with mental health. Most of us are afraid to go on and have conversations about seeking therapeutic help. Understand that your partner is struggling with that too. And although there might be signs that he does need to seek help, I want you to, again, listen to understand on why that might not be so easy for him. And I want you, again, instead of being his mother, I want you to pull back and I want you to listen to understand so that you can provide empathy, not criticism or judgment. If you are in the, um, if you are in California, you are looking for a therapist. Like I said, I do own a group private practice here in Temecula, California. And because we are licensed by state, we can only see those that are here in California. I am also licensed in Boise, Idaho. So I would love to help you. Again, I'm, the practice that I own is outside the norm counseling. If you are outside of California, and you are seeking mental health, not coaching, there is a difference. Let me go ahead and describe the differences. If you are looking for a therapist, it is because you are struggling with mental illness, anxiety, depression, bipolar, um, or some addiction, right? If you are looking for a coach, you are looking for somebody that can help you create goals and accomplish those goals. So let me give you the difference. I am a therapist, right? And I own a private practice here. And I am also a coach. I create courses. I have workshops. And I do coach women. And I do have workshops for couples. Two separate different things. A workshop would be like, let's say, 13 weeks. However, couples counseling, that would be a little bit longer. 
Okay. And again, because there's, there might be some mental illness. A coach cannot help you with mental illness. I don't care what they say. They do not have the credentials to help you if you are struggling with any form of um, a mental illness. So it is very crucial that you understand. I've had a lot of people tell me, oh my God, yeah, my coach was giving me these exercises for anxiety. She's not, she's not a mental health provider. No, she's not a clinician. We have to go through years, years of education and training to help mental illness. Okay, so I want to make sure you guys understand the difference. A coach provides goals and doesn't speak of mental illness. A therapist definitely speaks of mental illness, will help you with skills, resources, and there's also goals involved. You get the whole package. I want you guys to understand the difference, okay? Um, if you are outside of, I'm licensed in California and Idaho. I'm working on being nationally licensed because I had a couple people, I had somebody from Uganda reach out to me and a couple other really far in other countries, which is shout out to you guys. Thank you guys so much for reaching out to me and seeking help. Um, but again, two separate things. I do offer coaching. I do offer a couple's workshop. Um, and you guys could DM me if you guys are outside of those areas and you guys are looking for mental health, um, definitely want you to look at psychologytoday.com to go ahead and find a therapist in your area. I've already taught you how to do that. And then I also, no matter what, no matter what, I want you to look at NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I'm not sponsored by them. I'm not getting any money for um, bringing them up. I am providing you these resources because I know they are really, really good. I know they are really, really good, and they are going to give you the information you need. Ladies, this was absolutely amazing. I want you to go ahead and take the steps necessary to go ahead and not only help yourself, but also support your partner through this mental illness journey. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. 
So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.